when you do soul searching, and I think all of us right now in this in this very interesting time of our lives, I don't care man or woman, how old you are, if you're 25 or you're 75, there's soul searching going on right now of how do I live my best life? What's next for me? What's the God-ordained gift in me that I need to share with the world now and not wait any longer? I call it a God-sized dream. Like, what are we going to do that to live your God-sized dream now? Because as we all know, life's not guaranteed. And it's like in 2022, now that it's here, what are you going to do in 2022 to live your best life now? Period. Welcome to What's Next with Eric Wood, where we will prepare you to make your what's next in life your best yet by learning from high performers in a variety of industries. Our next guest is Todd Durkin. Todd is an internationally recognized strength, speed, and conditioning coach, personal trainer, body worker, motivational speaker, and author who motivates, educates, and inspires people worldwide. Todd works with a high-profile clientele of elite professional athletes. This includes NFL MVPs, Super Bowl champions and MVPs, a Heisman Trophy winner, Olympic and X Game gold medalists, and many other champion athletes. You are in for a treat in this episode, and Todd is the perfect guest to help us make this year our best year yet. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to help spread the impact we hope to have. Also, if you share it on social media and tag me, I'll share as well, and we can double the impact. Enjoy. Todd, welcome to the show, brother. Man, Eric, it is great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Man, it's it's truly an honor. I've been a fan of yours from afar. I'm so excited to give the listeners here in early 22 a dose of Durkin. And you'll know more about that when you when you hear this dude spit some words of wisdom in these just golden nuggets that you will get throughout this podcast. But Todd, we're going to start off with you the same way we do everyone else. Talk about where you're from originally and what kind of athlete were you growing up? Eric, thanks. I grew up in a, a small town called Brick, New Jersey, down on the Jersey Shore. And uh, I'm the youngest of eight kids. So I have five sisters and two brothers. And, and uh, growing up, uh, Brick, New Jersey is a blue collar town. And it is uh, some great athletics, both football and hockey, uh, strong, strong programs. I played for a legendary football coach named Warren Wolf. And Coach Wolf was a mentor of mine. He was an icon. He was one of those guys, Eric, that he was the football coach. He was the superintendent of the school district. He was the mayor of the town. He served at his church. I'm like, man, wow. I want to be like this guy when I grow up. And uh, Coach Wolf, uh, bless his heart, was, I believe, the fifth winningest high school football coach of all time before his passing um, just a few years ago. But uh, that's where I grew up back in Brick, New Jersey. And and uh, to ask the, you know, the type of athlete I was is, you know, grew up like many people, a soccer player for the first five years of my life, uh, five to 10. And um, my parents were divorced when I was just five. And when my father came back into my life at about age 10, he encouraged me to try new sports outside of soccer. He said, hey, for one season, try football, basketball and baseball. And I did. And I found great success early on and became a pop winner, all American. And matter of fact, Eric, the, 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 the gentleman who spoke at our Pop Warner All-American Banquet for the 35 scholar athletes was Jim Kelly. Wow. Jim Kelly from the Buffalo Bills. I still remember that was in eighth grade and it was in Philadelphia. And Jim Kelly uh, came in and, and let me tell you, Jim Kelly was a big dude. He was 6'4", 230, whatever it was. I'm like, man, that's how they're built, huh? But uh, growing up um, in high school, I was a four. Uh, I started all four years at a, as, a, as a varsity football player. And I got a college scholarship to play at William and Mary. And uh, fortunately for me, athletics was uh, a means to uh, not only to, to do well and build my confidence, and encourage everything else, but was to earn a, a college uh, you know, scholarship because I would have never been able to afford college. Uh, my mom raised pretty much eight kids by herself and uh, truly, truly blessed to have the upbringing in Brick, New Jersey. Man. That's an incredible story. I love the way you honored your high school coach the way you did. And, um, you know, uh, same way. Grew up playing soccer, and then you started varsity for three more years than I did. I just had the <laughs> one year. But but same boat, man. If, if I didn't get that college scholarship, I would have either been really in debt or, you know, gone a different route. So I ended up getting one scholarship offered to the University of Louisville. Got lucky that I got that one scholarship and truly changed my life. But kind of Absolutely. back into your story, talk to me about your transition out of college college and how you got started on your career path you're on now. What's interesting, Eric, when I was done with college, uh, I 
four years I graduated. And my fifth year, I took a, a year to, to continue playing football and being a, a student. I got my teaching credential in health and PE. So maybe someday, if I want to get into coaching, I could have my teaching credentials. But I deep down didn't feel like my, my best football had been played. I spent a lot of my time in college as a backup, believe it or not. Uh, we had some great quarterbacks through William & Mary. Um, one of my wideouts was, was Mike Tomlin, who's now with the Steelers. And of yep. course, uh, your very own Sean McDermott was two years behind me. We had a lot of talent on those teams. And I, I had my my uh, fair share of, of playing time and opportunities, but never to the point where I wanted to. And I certainly never got to fulfill my dream of playing in the NFL. So the next best route for me was to go over to Europe and play. So nice. the next thing I know I'm playing in Berlin, Germany. And then I played for the Amsterdam Admirals of the World Football League, where the year after I left, uh, Kurt Warner was the quarterback over there. And then my final year, I was in um, I was in France and I uh, was playing for a team called the Exxon Provence or uh, for the Can Iron Masks, the Can Iron Masks. And I was playing a game in Exxon Provence, France. I know no one's ever heard of the Can Iron Mask before, <laughs> but uh, what happened was in that game as a quarterback, we're always taught to do a hook slide after picking up a first down, scrambled on a third and 12, picked up the first down, and then two linebackers came in and crushed my spine. Mm. And uh, I laid on a football field, three herniated discs, spinal stenosis, degenerative disc disease. And my football career was over. I was 25 years old. And I don't know, Eric, you know, when you're young, from five to 25, my dream, honestly, was to be a pro athlete. I wanted to play in the NFL. And for me, Europe was a, a great way to, to, to continue my playing career, make a little bit of money, but more importantly, to see the world and, and have some fun. And at age 25, all of a sudden, my dream was shattered, and I had to figure out a new dream and a new purpose. And those were some dark days. Looking back 25 years ago, when I was just 25, man, I think about that, and I'm like, wow, I was in a deep, dark place. I also realized that those deep, dark times were very pivotal in me ultimately creating uh, my purpose and what was about to become uh, when I when I started my my gym and started training some of the athletes who I trained and and that. But and it was all about that exploration in my mid twenties and and I spent what five years in twelve cities learning from different gurus and healing and trying not to have back surgery if I could help it and and doing everything I could just to get out of pain myself and get up Vicodin and all the things that pain brings. So I had a deep, deep uh, relationship with pain and, and all that it brings as well. My buddy, Jordan Montgomery always says that God often packages preparation as pain. God was preparing you in those times and he, in, and he was growing you through those times of adversity to be what you would become where you're going to impact so many people. It's never fun going through those times, but yeah. But when you come out on the back end and you get the proper perspective, you can see back now what God was doing for you during those times, not to you, for you during right. those times. Real quick, I just want to know, what was Sean McDermott, because there's a lot of Bills fans listening in, what was Sean McDermott like in college? Man, he was a grinder. He was a hardworking dude. You know, as a, as a D-back, uh, I was a quarterback, he was a D-back. I loved going against Sean because he was a wiry little dude that loved to hit. Oh, and, and, you know, whether it be practice and scrimmages, the spring games, obviously, you know, the offense always going against our, our own or, you know, whether it be scout or whatnot. Uh, Sean was a guy who loved to compete. But more importantly than that, man, I still remember going to FCA every Thursday night with Sean. And um, I had him on my podcast. And that's the one thing he remembered about me was was the FCA Thursday nights. And he showed up on Thursday nights because being a few years older than he was uh, as a leader of the team, he wanted to go there and see what the leaders were doing. Sean was a great man, a character, and it's no different to who he is today in leading the Bills and and uh, the culture that he's created for for the Bills team and organization. Sean was that guy even in his you know late teens and early twenties. He's the kind of teammate that you want and you want to go to battle with. None of that surprises me. I always say Sean McDermott may be the most consistent person I've ever met in my life, and mm -hmm. and and I mean that is just a high, high compliment for that man. Every single day, he is truly a grinder. It's workout, it's nutrition, it's preparation, everything you want to see a head coach model for yeah. an organization. Because a lot of times as a leader, you can instill a culture and you can say the right things, but if you're not living it out, at some point that falls short. If Absolutely. you look like you, if you're a trainer and you look like you just ate a box of donuts, 
People aren't going to listen to you. So for a head coach to live the way Sean McDermott does, I think that's a big reason why the Bills have had this success and truly transformed the culture in Buffalo where, you know, my first uh, eight years in the league, we had six different head coaches. Sean was my seventh. Now, two were interims, but Sean did a lot to stabilize that organization and a lot of it's just the way he grinds on a daily basis. But Absolutely. What what attracted so in the intro everyone got to hear you know all about you know it's Olympians it's X Games medalists it's LT it's Drew Brees it's all these guys that that you've trained what originally attracted some of those individuals to you? Yeah, Eric, that's a good question. Um, honestly, when I started my gym, I I didn't I, I never dreamt of being a gym owner. I never I never like I want to be a gym owner. I want to be a trainer. I didn't dream of that. Um, honestly, when it was in the late nineties and I was really doing a lot of soul searching, it was like, man, what do I want to do? And it, it came down to helping people. And I wanted to help people on all levels, physically, mentally, and even spiritually. And through my own navigation of soul searching and, and trying to figure that out, uh, and getting out of pain, some of the mentors who I trained under, uh, it came down to, I was going to take a risk and open this at this gym. And when I did so, uh, I soon became the, the body worker and massage therapist of the San Diego Chargers, because besides training and strength and conditioning, I also had a massage therapy background because I went to massage therapy school so that I could actually receive massage therapy because my back was killing me. So I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. And that was part of my training. So a guy named Vaughn Parker, big uh, offensive lineman for the Chargers at the time, he came into Fitness Quest 10 and I helped his back. And next thing he knows, and next thing I know, he's, he said, Hey, you need to come down on Mondays after the games and, and work with the guys. So two weeks later, I'm in, I'm in the team room and I'm doing all the body work and stretching and massage therapy on the guys after the game. It is there that I met LaDainian Tomlinson, who became the first NFL athlete who I had trained. And um, of course, as you know, in, in the pro athlete world, it's all word of mouth. Um, I just wanted to help LT be the best he could be. And when I asked Ladanian his goal, he said, I want to be the best running back to ever play the game. Wow. Now I was a young dude, you know, just barely 30. I'm like, how can I help this guy be the best to ever play the game? I didn't have the confidence then that I could do that until I had him take off his shoes, do this balance test. And I noticed this huge discrepancy in unilateral training balance work one side versus the other. And Ladanian got frustrated. He, he got upset that there was like a 12, you know, a 12 uh, rep range difference in a 60 second test. And, and this light bulb moment went off for him and me when I said, Ladanian, what side do you like to cut to? And I could see him almost close his eyes and, like make believe he was making a cut against a defender. And he says, I like to cut to the left. I'm like, okay. So if I'm a good coach, good player, and I do the work, I see that you always, you know, cutting to your left and your fluid going to your left. Imagine if, if we could get dangerous equally left and right, this moment of, of clarification is my like, wow. Yeah. Like if we work to get your hips mobile and fluid and strong imagine coming as a defender and you can cut right equally as well as cutting left and for the next nine years eric that's what we did man we we grinded and worked on on not just traditional lifting and and that but man my two thousand square foot training studio with very little equipment became the home of a lot of people at the time that wanted to get better and it had the mentality of i'm going to train my tail off and whatever it takes i'm going to eat breathe sleep dream of being the absolute best couple couple months later breeze came in and i trained drew for 20 years still train him to the day um now a little, little different uh goals but uh sprolls and you know aaron Rodgers, a lot of guys that that came through here but it was with the mentality of training to be the best they could possibly be and to answer the question of why they continue to come back I think it was always more than just football. There was a camaraderie training um, as a man of faith myself. It was also praying together. It was it was Bible studies. It was uh, pouring into their lives, like not just in the good times and Super Bowl victories, but what about like you know when when Drew Brees' mom and this is public knowledge in two thousand nine before the Super Bowl, she committed suicide. Mm. Right, the, like my, my athletes have been through some stuff that no one typically always knows. It's it's who's there 
for you in the good times and the bad times. And also, who's there when you're not doing the things you're supposed to do and not have, a, I always call them a bunch of yes men. I never wanted to be a yes man. I don't want a bunch of yes men around me. I want people challenging me to be my best. And I want to challenge my clients, my athletes, my friends, and my colleagues to be the best they can be. So if there's another level in you and me, I want to be called out on that. I want to call the people who I work closely with is, hey, have you ever thought about doing it this way? What, what is it? What's it going to take for you to live your best life now? I don't care if you're 50 years old, you're 60 years old, you're 45 years old, whatever it is. Like, what do you need to do to be your absolute best? And do it. Let me hold you accountable to it. And, and they call an ace and ace a spade a spade. If you're out drinking and partying on weekends and doing the things you shouldn't be, don't tell me you want to be the best to ever play the game. Don't tell me you, you want to make a pro bowl or you want to make the team. Heck, I remember Jacques Césaire. Jacques now coaches for the, for the Buffalo Bills. I trained Jacques for, she's, I think, 12 years. Year one, Jacques was like, Todd, I, I just want to make it one year in the NFL. I just want to see what it's like to play in the NFL. We were training at a neighborhood park. I trained all the guys on no line fields like we would when we were back in elementary school. And Jock would be like, sit in my car, like, TD, I just, I just want to play one year. The next year is like, I made it one year. I just want to make it two years. And Jacques had an amazing career. And then he became a coach. And now he's out with you guys in, in Buffalo. But there's the mentality of a guy who's willing to do whatever it took to make it one year, to make it two years. And whatever it takes, it's that whatever it takes mentality uh, to be your best self. And I think that's the quest that we're all under is when you do soul searching, and I think all of us right now in this, in this very interesting time of our lives, I don't care, man or woman, how old you are, if you're 25 or you're 75, there's soul searching going on right now of how do I live my best life? What's next for me? What's the God-ordained gift in me that I need to share with the world now and not wait any longer? I call it a God-sized dream. Like, what are we going to do that to live your God-sized dream now? Because as we all know, life's not guaranteed. And it's like in 2022, now that it's here, what are you going to do in 2022 to live your best life now? Period. We're not going to end it right here, but we could. And now <laughs> the listeners are getting to understand why I was so excited to have you on the podcast. There's so much gold in there. So much gold in there. And and I, I, I just love how much of an asset you are to all of the athletes and the people you train being all encompassing, you know, mm. because, because you can, you know, you may be the best at physical training as well, but being all encompassing, that's how you truly become successful in life. You know, I talk about the most successful people are successful in all buckets of life. And they have a stable family life and they have some type of spirituality to them. They have mental, uh, a good mental space. It's, it's all encompassing. So I love that you're all encompassing with those that you train. I just want to ask one thing about Drew Brees, hopefully just one thing. What, I mean, he's got God given ability, but so many would look at him and say, man, he doesn't pass the eyeball test. He's not six, five, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. What's in your mind, what separated him as a quarterback? Hmm mindset i mean i i got working with drew before his shoulder injury and, and depending on uh the age of your listener right now if you remember drew's career early on drew did not have a very successful career early on he was benched in kansas city i remember you know 2004 2005 they drafted that quarterback philip rivers he came in and drew beat him out and then Drew's surgery what separates him and having really a behind the behind the scenes behind the curtains look at him for so many years who you see is who you see as drew is really who drew is drew is one of those guys that when he's in the locker room or he's on the field or he's right here training in the gym he makes everybody better when i don't care what the, the group is that's training drew elevates the temperature in a training session mm. he is truly that thermostat we talk about right that the guy that's setting that temperature now, let's not, let's not be mistaken. He prepared, like, un, unlike anyone I've ever seen. I mean, the guy where it watched more film, he understood tendencies better than anyone. And I've worked with a lot of quarterbacks. The guy put in his time seven days a week. And I don't know if anyone really knows behind the scenes how much energy goes into being a pro athlete. And as a quarterback, the preparation, I remember – Years ago, I took my family down to New Orleans. Uh, we were watching a Saints versus Bears game. I was training a guy named Charles Tillman for the Bears, and he was going against Drew. And we had a lot of smack talking going on behind the scenes. It was a Friday afternoon at five o'clock. Drew, I land, and Drew's like, Hey, come over to the facility. 
Well, we pull up to the facility with the family. There was only two cars in the facility. One of those cars was, was Drew's. I stopped. I looked at my young kids at the time. I said, guys, we could go home right now because here's the message of the story. Every single person has left the building. Yes. Except Drew Brees. He was in there, Eric, watching film of the Bears. Most guys are getting their haircuts. All the families who are coming in, there's been time. He's still in there watching film. And he's, he and I are breaking down film at 530 on a Friday afternoon. And he's in there. And he's our, he had already won a Super Bowl ring. He, it's, that, it's that mindset of leave no stone unturned and do whatever it takes. And the preparation, you talk about trust the preparation. Drew Brees certainly prepared like no one I'd ever seen before. And um, man, I think that's one thing that as a football fan and as a coach and as a trainer, uh, we're tremendously blessed to see a guy like a Drew um, and there's, there are others obviously who prepare well, but uh, in having worked with Drew for 20 years, man, I saw the, the time and effort and energy and I'll leave it with this. And Ladanian taught me this and Drew as well. When you're already at the highest level of your game, how do you stay hungry to get to the next level? So <laughs> for myself and anyone listening in, I don't know, like chasing success. Yeah. <laughs> It's an interesting thing because as you get older and you're in the game for 20, 25 years, it's what are you chasing? Right. It's, it's this it, for me now, it's it's significance of how do I be more significant with my conversations, my relationships, Eric, with any of your listeners. You know, Tom Brady said it best on his on his show that he has with Under Armour. They say, you know, what what which ring do you favor the most? Which one do you love the most? You like the next one. Yep. It's like it's like it's almost sometimes lonely. When you're a Tom Brady or you're Drew or you're, you're at the top of your game, I don't care if you're a financial advisor, if you're in the, in the sports world or the business world, if you've been playing at a high level for a long time, it can be lonely sometimes. And, and, and you've got to find people, mentors, colleagues, coworkers that understand of what it's like truly deep down in the soul of what are you playing for? And, and, and that's what I call it, tap into the whispers of like, how do you tap into the whispers? Like what's God's calling? Because sometimes what God's calling you to do is different than what the world's calling you to do. Cause like, wait a second, you're doing what? That doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make any sense, but guess what? This is the next level for me. And it might take me three years for you to understand what I'm doing. It might take three years for me to understand what I'm doing, but here's the pivot here, the change here, the evolution of how I am as a man or as a woman, this is what I'm doing. That's going to allow me to be the best version of myself. Man. That is so good. And I've heard it said that true fulfillment in life comes from constantly striving for improvement personally, constantly yeah. getting better in life. And when you talked about Drew Brees, the best prepare the best. It's plain and simple. And it's mm -hmm. not surprising to hear that about Drew sticking around at five o'clock, six o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And for the listeners out there, I'm telling you, that is extremely rare. That's not something I ever saw because, you know, by the end of the week, most people, like you said, you got family coming into town or you're taking off on a road trip the next day. And so you want to spend that time with your family. But to be the best, you truly have to prepare the best. I'll tell you this real quick, TD. So when I was coming out in the draft, I ended up being a first round draft pick. But when they were talking about me, I, at first I was offended because they kept calling me the most prepared player in the draft. I'm like, so I ain't the biggest, I ain't the strongest, I ain't the fastest. I'm the most prepared. Great. Well, you yeah. know what? That served me great throughout my career. And you know what? If I prepared the best, I felt like that's how I derived my confidence and my edge on the field was that I was going to know where you were going to be, what you were going to be doing on the field. And I, I could play faster because of that. So I wanted to... Uh, yeah, I wanted I wanted to let you know that. So you mentioned <laughs> Hey, you probably look at it now though, that was a compliment. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned God-sized dreams before. And I love your work around this. And for those who haven't heard it, go to Todd's podcast and listen to his episode talking about God-sized dreams because that will truly serve you in 2022 as you try to make that the best year of your life yet. But First off, how, how do you define God-sized dreams? Well, I think a God-sized dream is, it's this whisper inside of you knowing that you have this potential that is not yet tapped into. And it's a dream, it's a goal that is one that you don't have any idea probably how you're going to achieve. 
You know you want to you want to achieve this thing, but you have no idea how you're going to get there. It's going to take a, 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 a supernatural force or it's going to take a lining of the stars. It's going to have to you're going to have to meet the right people. You're going to have to you know, create some new habits and some new systems in your own routine and life that will allow you to hopefully manifest these things. And uh, to me, a God-sized dream is one that when you look at one's life and evaluate and assess your life where you're at, you realize in order to live your best life, you're going to need to somehow figure out a way to do this. And to me, it starts with the whispers. And that's what a God-sized dream is. It's one that gives you the juice. If you're missing the juice, the mojo of like, man, something's missing my life. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. All these things that are real. Then find a God-sized dream that's going to fire your booty up, get you out of bed and say, you know what? It's going to take risk. It's going to, it's going to be scary, uh, all these things, but I got to go for it. What happens typically, Eric, is success gets in our way. We get in our own way. Mm. So Pastor Stephen Furtick said this several months ago. I love this. He asked the question. He said, what if you haven't even met you yet? Wow. What if you haven't even met you yet? And I've been fixated on this for about six months. It was the impetus of the God-sized dream because I'm like, that's really good. Because what if the past 25 years of my life, as good as it's been, what if the next 25 years are even better? What, are, what if they're even better than the last 25 years? Well, how do they become better? It's going to require some evolution. It's going to require me going deeper, being more impactful. Um, it, it's going to involve me somehow creating more legacy in my life, giving back through my foundation or through more projects that I'm working on, um, on that. So a God-sized dream is one that at the end of the day, and, and again, it, it, this is a deep thought, but at the end of the day, what, what do you play life for? Why do you live? And I've been asking myself this in the last few weeks of 2021 into 2022 here is if this was the last year of my life and at age 50, if I was to die, what the heck has to get done now, right now to make sure that I have a legacy after me? I want to know that for me personally. So a God-sized dream is don't wait. Don't wait to create what needs to be created. I don't care if it's books, podcasts. I don't care if it's if more time with your family, relationships. I've spent more time creating experiences for my kids, 19, 16, and 13 years old. So the GSD is all about going deep on your own soul, spirit, and that in those talks that you have on a walk, run, workout, you're like, man, what can I be doing to play at a higher level? Create more significance. It's not now about success. It's about significance. And how do I become more significant as a father, as a husband? 20 years, you know, what, what, what can I do to be a better man, a better human? How can I give back more? Um, that's what's firing me up these days and what I'm finding in conversations. And Eric, I don't know why, especially with men, there's, there's a lot of people right now who are more empty and lost than ever before. And I'm talking men who are successful. Exactly. And I'm finding these conversations that there's something more, there's something deeper and what's next. And, and I, and I'm, I get it. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, listen, after two decades of coaching, not only athletes, but uh, entrepreneurs and men and women and grandmas and grandpas, it's like, all right, let's go deeper on our God-sized dream. Let's go deeper on what your life's all about. It's going to require work, just like you, Eric, when, when you were the most prepared center lineman in, in the league, right? It's, it's going to take work. It's going to take grinding. And it's not just on your health and your fitness, but it's, it's on your habits. It's about, you know, who you're surrounding yourself with and, and really about going deeper and creating a strategic plan for what you want in your life and, and in your year as well. Yeah. And I'll plug this for you so you don't have to, but Todd has a God-sized dreams planner out now, and that will help you to get on this journey in 2022 and go after and chase and achieve those God-sized dreams in your life and to improve your fitness, your faith, your mindset, whatever that may be. So I'll plug that for you now. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And so you own this gym, Fitness Quest 10, top 10 gym in the country. It's been voted. And there's so many individuals in 2022 that are going to say, hey, I need to get on a health and fitness journey and I understand that for most people, you didn't get out of shape in a month and you're not getting back in shape in a month. But where do you recommend those at the start of 2022 right now? Where do you recommend they get started? <laughs> Showing up at the gym. Show up. Uh, I would say the heaviest weight of the gym is the front door. It's not the 100-pound dumbbells. It's the front door. And whether you work out in your, your, your home gym whether you work out in your house, whether you work at a, a small training studio, a large a chain club, whatever it may be. Here's what I always say is this. 
it doesn't matter what your God sized dreams are. It doesn't matter what your goals are for 2022 if you're not healthy. Mm. So it's got to start with your health. It has to start with if there's one thing with your health, your nutrition, and your energy, what do you need to do? It starts with your habits. So I can't say, hey, here's the one thing you have to do. This is a true, you know, man to man talk of what do you need to do? And as a coach, if you need to hire a coach and hire a coach or a trainer in your area, I know a lot that I can refer to. Um, like who, what do you need to do? Write it down in your plan, write it down in your, on your goals again um, of for your health. What do you have to do? Uh, I would say this, he or she who has their health has a thousand dreams. He or she who does not has one, their health. So if you don't have your health, you know how quickly all of a sudden your health you know, gets to the top of the ladder. So if you have your health, you got everything you need. So what do you need to do? Let's start with the foundations. How many days a week are you working out? Right? Are, you, are you working out? I say most days of the week, you should be doing something. And that something might be yoga. It might be Pilates. It might be meditation. In addition to all of your hardcore, you know, exercise that you might do in your hit training and your kettlebell work. And, you know, you're, 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 if you're visiting the gym and getting after it with the weights, good. But most days of the week, do something, get an aerobic activity. I train now to get my mind right. Honestly, it's yeah. no longer about, you know, trying to get six pack abs. And, you know, of course, all of us want to look better. There's no doubt about it, but I, I, I move early in the morning with the pup so I can get my mind right. So I can get my energy flowing because after a workout is when my mind is most creative and thinks biggest and i'm gonna chisel out those rocks that are right in front of my face that i need to every single day it's the days that i don't move are the worst days of my life that when, when a fire comes up i just don't have that that fervor that tenacity that i need to do so it starts with movement uh nutrition five times a day you can screw up your nutrition so you know everything from hydration to eliminating sugar. Uh, I work with a naturopathic doctor. So I get tested to see where my blood work is every six months. Um, so that I can make sure that I'm supplementing with the right stuff that's needed for where I'm at now because of stress. Stress is high in all of our lives. So I want to really stay dialed into that. And then lastly, Eric, I would say on, on just vitality and energy and, and that is uh, recovery you know, what are you doing for recovery aspect? Obviously sleep is one aspect and there's many ways you can measure sleep, but uh, you know, in my gym here, I've got an infrared sauna, hit that a couple of days a week. There's so many different hacks that one could do for their own, own recovery aspect. Last night I spent 20 minutes in front of a call. It's a juve wall, red light therapy. Um, probably like you and many listening in, I spent a lot of time in front of blue light phones, computers, uh, all the blue light. So red light therapy is one of the newest trends in, in, in health and fitness. And, and, um, you know, these are some of the things body work. So soft tissue work, all of these things, you, you do not have to be a pro athlete to take care of yourself. Like you are a pro athlete, if you want results that are going to, to be epic. So dial in what it is for your own health or reach out to me, DM me or to a coach or trainer in your area that you entrust and get the accountability, get the motivation that you need. For me, I listen to a lot of podcasts, Eric, like yours, that when I'm moving, I'm doing my walking or running in the morning, more walking these days than running. It's like, I'm listening to a podcast. Why? Because all of a sudden I call it a dose. You said dose, Durkin, dose, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins are released in the brain. And there's a physical and chemical reaction that takes place. And all of a sudden, like 18 minutes in, you're like, you just start feeling good. I'm like, okay that's something that I need most days of the week so that I can operate at the level I want to operate at. Man, uh, I'm, I'm the, on the exact same wavelength from you there. Most mornings, it's a workout. I'm fueling my mind as well with either a podcast, audio book, and I just feel better when yes. I do that. So for those out there, his words around health, and if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. All you can focus on at that point is getting to your health. Don't make these short-sighted decisions early in 2022. Make decisions that will serve you for the longevity of your life. So get your health dialed in. And like Todd said, hire someone if you don't have knowledge of it. But there's plenty of information out there to dial in that nutrition, dial in your workouts, and then you can start attacking those God-sized dreams. All right, one, one more from me, and then we'll get to a few recurring questions. What's different in your approach training athletes now than maybe it was 10 years ago? And I <laughs> ask that because I want to know what's different now from when I kind of first got into the league and started training then. 
think there's a few different ones, but I'll highlight a couple of them. Um, <laughs> my athletes would, would, would disagree with me on this, but I would say that I emphasize recovery more than even training these days. Mm. Uh, I'm finding that people, because we train so hard, they're stiffer than ever. I mean, I say stiffer, like their fascia, their connective tissue, their muscles just aren't as pliable as I like. And I was liking it to saltwater taffy. The more hardened we become, the stiffer we become, you start to, to not A, be able to perform as well and B, hurt. So especially if you're in your 30s and you're an athlete or not, you, you start to, there's some shifting going on in your 30s where if you don't take care of yourself with more of the flexibility, mobility type things, then you're, you're going to not have the performance you want. If you're in your 40s, 50s, or 60s listening in, y'all can attest that if you're not doing as much stretching or yoga as you should, let me raise my hand, uh, you start to hurt. You start to, you start to have these restrictions like, man, I need more yoga. I need more yoga. I need more stretching. But the meathead mentality is, all right, I got to get my extra set of arm farm in and get the, you know, get the, the, the and, and that's the mentality that I fight now personally and with my athletes, because what's changed a lot is, man, let me tell you what, some of the sessions I used to put our athletes through, I look back, I'm like, man, maybe I worked them too hard. Maybe I, maybe the volume was too much. I wouldn't disagree with their results, but I realized as hard as I was working them, I didn't have equal recovery times for them, or I wasn't having them sit in the infrared saunas and getting the body work like they should have and the Norma tech boots and everything that we use as part of that. So I would say that. And the other thing, Eric, that I would say has changed a lot. And I think this is more probably my own evolution is mindset. Mm. I am peppering my clients all the time with texts and videos and I'm in their head all the time because I realize. <laughs> I've got guys in their fifties and sixties who still train with me, man, I don't care who you are and how much success you've had. It's all about the headspace. It's all about the, it's all about the mindset of, of what you're going to do uh, to play at your best level. And I don't care if you got knee pain today, back pain today. If I'm, if, if I am receiving a message from one of my cohorts about he's in the gym before me and you know, my workout is his warm up and all this, then I'm, I'm getting ticked off. I'm getting those juices flowing again. And that's what I do to a lot of my clients and athletes. I work with heck some of my podcasts area. I do the same thing, just talking smack because that's, the mindset and headspace game is huge. And I'm, I'm finding it in the corporate world when I'm speaking now is people are like, Todd, this pandemic has kicked our employees butts. People are, are, are primarily still at home in their home offices. And there's this, there's energy drain and almost this fatigue and burnout going on. I'm like, you talk about get your mind right. Like, let's go people. Let's live life. And let's not be dictated by the news and the media and everything else about the fear that we're in is like, we control our own destiny. And if it's going to be, it's up to me. If we're going to be, it's up to me. I have the mantra to my, my, my kids. If it's going to be, it's up to me. Say it to yourself, because that's the truth is if you're feeling sorry for yourself, or you're tired or your identity is lacking, do the work, do the work on yourself. It's going to be, it's up to me. So let's rock and roll. 22 is here. Let's go. What do you want out of life? Go get it. Because if we're going to wait on everybody else, you'll be waiting until next year. And Eric, we'll be having the same conversation next year. If like, oh yeah, that sounds good, TD. That's great. And then nothing happens. We don't have time for another year to go by and nothing happens. We got to make sure that we take the action today. Like today, we eliminate some garbage from our diet because you're eating like an elementary school kid or a middle school kid because you, you got cartoon figures on your cereal box. No, that's not a world-class nutrition program. You're not drinking enough water. You're drinking too much alcohol. You got to clean up and have more protein. You got to get on a supplement routine that, that's going to allow your body and your brain to think and act the way it needs to. And you got to get into a routine, whether it's on your own strategizing your own life, your own career, and, and enhancing your own spirit world of what do you need to do? Today's the day. So make it happen. Like it's got to happen. And that's what fires me up these days, Eric. It's like people who say they want to get to the next level and then don't do what's necessary to get to the next level. Let's take a break real quick to hear from one of our longtime sponsors, and that's Jordan Yoakum from Tom James Company. In this holiday season, I encourage you to give people a gift that they will want. Do not be the person that gives the impersonable gift card, the 
gift card that's going to sit in a drawer and go unused. Give somebody the gift of custom clothing. It's an incredible gift. Anybody I've ever done it for has been blown away and completely satisfied with that gift. And Jordan can do a virtual appointment anywhere in the country or he can meet in person and he will treat your loved ones incredibly. I already had Jordan come pay my wife a visit for Christmas this year. He's going to make it easy on you. Just hit him up on Instagram at Kentucky Clothier or shoot him a text directly to 502-525-0802. And Jordan will make sure that this holiday season is extra special for those loved ones in your life. Back to the show. I literally just had this conversation with my wife. The thing that pisses me off the most in this world is people that whose actions don't match up with their words, which is fine, but don't complain to me. Don't tell me you can't lose weight. Don't tell me you want to be great. Don't tell, don't complain after you didn't make a pro ball. If your actions don't line up with that, don't tell me that you want to play in the league if you're in college, but then you skip the optional workout. And there's going to be people listening to this podcast who that's going to offend because they know I'm talking about them. But if you (laughs) skip that optional workout during Christmas break, because you can and can't, and, um, Yep. The, the school can't require you during certain times to be there. Then don't tell me you want to play in the NFL because the guys that are that truly want it, they'll be in there. And so I asked that question about what's changed. And towards the end of my career, the recovery was focused on so much more. And I felt better at 32 than I did at 25 because we had so many great body workers and the Pagoulas yep. would bring all of them in-house as opposed to us having to drive to Toronto at times to go see an MAT guy or an yep. ART guy, the top guys. They would bring them down and pay for it all, which has been a game changer for the Bills. Those guys recover better, they play better, they stay healthier. I would say this too, Eric, because there might be some parents out here listening today, and this is the biggest thing I could teach my kids. And in having teenage kids now and working, I also uh, coach the local high school football team. We just want to state championship here in California. And I tell this, I don't focus on the recovery with them. I'm focusing on learning how to work your tail off because some kids get a little lazy. It's working your tail. If you want to be a pro athlete someday or a college athlete, or you want to be a starter on a team, you got to work harder than you ever thought you had to work. Now, stretching is part of it because even kids don't stretch enough, but to learn the grit that it takes to really be great is important and learning how to lose is important. Someone asked me that question the other day about uh, how do you teach kids how to lose? No, I don't want to teach kids how to lose. I want to teach kids how to work their tail off. And then when they lose or when they fail of how to accept that, but how you get back in the weight room the next morning that because it ticks you off so much that you're like, I ain't going to accept failure as an option. I got it. I'm going to learn from it, but I don't want to teach my kids how to lose. I want to teach them that you go for it and you're going to lose in life. You're going to have, you know, you're going to get kicked in the backside uh quite a bit you're going to get your teeth kicked in but uh to me it were the kids that the, the, the kids uh that we're talking about middle school high school kids and you got to learn how to work your tail off and what's going to take i would say this there was this coach you may remember his name uh, those listening in might remember him. uh he coached for the dallas cowboys tom landry he's yep. an icon right tom landry said this and i'll never forget this as a coach I've always had this ingrained in the back of my head because growing up, even though I was from Jersey and loved the Giants, the, you know, the Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor years, I was always intrigued by the Dallas Cowboys. So Tom Landry said this, great coaches tell their athletes things that they need to hear, not that they want to hear so they can be all that they're meant to be. Mm. I say that because what you were just saying earlier on is like, I might offend somebody. Guess what? The best coaches in the world, they, they call it out. And they're, and they're honest. It's like, listen, if you're doing your job, you acknowledge people, you praise people for the good job. And if you're not, you got to have a heart-to-heart conversation with your employees. You know, we've got employees here. I've got teammates here. Sometimes you got to have the hard conversations. And, and you may not like that. But again, the best coaches in the world, great coaches, they tell their athletes things they need to hear, not that they want to hear so they can be all they're meant to be. Sometimes you got to have the tough conversations with those who are in your life about things that aren't going well. And sometimes that requires you as a husband or a father or a leader to change yourself because it's easy to say, hey, you need to change. You need to change. Yeah, sometimes they need to change, but sometimes we need to change. I need to change to be a better man or a better husband, a better be a father, all these things that that are going to take. So I resonate with what you're saying, Eric, on that is sometimes people might take offense, but also realize this. Um 
in, in the number of athletes who I've trained over the years, many times I've also been the one who's called them out on things that they need to be called out on in a, in a, in an empathetic way, not calling them out and, and that, but there's nothing worse than just having your butt kissed all the time and, and, and no one reporting back and saying, Hey, this is how you could get better. I think if you listen to the show today and, and why they listen to you, Eric, is because you're providing content where they're challenging, you're challenging people to be their best. And hopefully this, this show today provided some introspection and some soul search and say, how can I be better? What can I do if I'm going to live this, this life that the next 25 years, next five years, heck, let's call it the next year in 2022, it's going to be the best year of my life. Then I need to make some changes. I need to do a couple things. And I call it your WLWB, when life works best list. When life works best, what were you doing? So then replicate success over and over again. What do you need to do with your habits and your routines so that you can dial in your health, your nutrition, your vitality, your energy, your relationships, have more love and intimacy than you ever had in your life. All the things that are important for us in our lives, more faith time that I can double down on my faith and have the, the, the rock that's needed so when things don't go well. So man, I'm getting fired up here. <laughs> I am too. I am too. And, and yes, people come here and I try to serve the listeners by bringing people like yourself on or doing a solo podcast. I'm trying to serve the listeners, but this also serves me. Understand that. I learn a tremendous amount and I'm fired up from talking to people like Todd. And then it makes me put my money where my mouth is. I got to stay in good shape because, yes, I dropped 65 pounds from when I was playing, but I got to stay in shape if I'm going to tell people, hey, you need to get your health in check. If if my mind ain't right, if I'm moping around the house, my wife will call me out so fast and say, hey, you're telling all these people to get their mindset right, but then you're walking around the house and you're being lazy or whatever it may be. And, and mm-hmm. you always need someone that can call you out. And luckily I have a wife that will call me out. And yes, you are serving individuals that you have a relationship with when you give them that feedback, like you were talking about with your athlete, those people appreciate you. Those individuals appreciate when you give them that feedback, especially when there's a relationship on it. And I heard it said um, at, at one point, in order to truly mentor someone, there's periods of tormenting as well. You're going to have to push those buttons to take that, that mentor-mentee relationship to, to move the needle for them in their life. And we, we could do this all day, but I want to be respectful of your time. A few recurring questions. Number one, do you have a favorite book? Oh. <laughs> I like to read a lot, by the way, Eric. Me too. Uh, I, try, I try to read, well, it's always at least a book a month. Um, and I'll, I won't be rhetorical and say the Bible because I, I get into a lot of scripture on a weekly basis on that. Um, I guess the books who have impact the books that have impacted me the most, I really love a book called the monk who sold his Ferrari. Ooh. I got him Robin Sharma. He's up there in Toronto, uh, a little North of you, but the monk who sold his Ferrari, um, changed my life, uh, in a lot of ways. The, um, uh, that, that's a book that, uh, Man, I can't tell you how much it impacted me about a man who was working his tail off type A driven. And then uh, he, he took a sabbatical and, and lived with the monks for a while, shifted his life and, and, uh, and went on to, to do some really amazing things. And uh, I'd say if there's a book that, that has impacted me is that. Also, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Yep. Um, and the reason I say that, because that book in 2006, it's a classic, people probably say all the time. The reason I say that is because that book in 2006, I was stuck in my life in 2006. Um, Ladanian had, had, had just won the MVP in the NFL. I was training him. And I was like, right for growth. But I was, again, doing a lot of soul searching about how do I grow to the next level? I put six, seven things down on a note card. And it was from the Thinking Grow Rich book where Napoleon Hill talked about growing rich. And I'm not talking rich of like finances, but it was rich of, of harmony, of health and relationships and money was part of it. But one of the things on there was uh, to get an apparel sponsor. One was to create a mastermind group. I'd never heard the concept of a mastermind group. And six months later, I, I got an, uh, an apparel uh, deal with Under Armour. And, and then I created my own mastermind group, which we're actually going into my 15th year of mastermind uh, coaching and, and, and all these things. Six of the seven things happened within uh, within seven months of putting it down. It was all from that one book that changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, I have so many books, but those would be two. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put the first one 
the monk who sold us Ferrari. That one's getting to my queue. I've read Think and Grow Rich. If you have not read that, add that to your early 2022 yeah. reading list. There, there's a lot of information in there that will be transformative in your life. Uh, I agree as well. I, I generally ask about an individual's faith at this time, but I understand your faith is your foundation and and you just mentioned uh, you're getting in the word. And so um, we'll, we'll skip over that one. You've you got to pass there unless you Robert, want to make a comment. 27.17, the only thing I'll say on faith is this, iron sharpens iron. That is my favorite verse. And I would say that, uh, Eric, when you, you know reached out, I appreciate it. I just realized this is who's in your life is, is way more important than what's in your life. And uh, I would say who's sharpening you and who are you sharpening? Iron mm. sharpens iron, favorite, favorite quote. Favorite yep. verse. I, I love that one as well. What was your first car? <laughs> wow, man, was that a beater? It was a, uh, my first car, I, what year was the car? It was a beat up old yellow Datsun 210. I think it was a Datsun 210. Man, Jersey would freeze in the winter, ice up. I had to, I had a rope around the passenger door. I had to hold onto the rope so the passenger door wouldn't swing open when I went around a turn. And there was a hole literally in the floor. I could see the, the ground. I literally could see the ground uh, through my hole. And that was like the stick shift. Yeah, it was a stick shift. Would get stuck. I'm holding the door. There was ice on the windows. I do not know how I, I didn't put another dent in that car, but that was my first car. Over 100 guests, and I think that's the winner for best first car story. It was the rope around it. I think that might be the best one. Uh, oh. What's your favorite restaurant? Mm. Anything Italian. I, I love Italian. That's that, Anything Italian would be, uh, would be it. Nice. Last one for me. This is What's Next with Eric Wood. What's next for Todd Durkin? Ooh. Ooh. Well, what's immediate next um, is uh, my God-sized dream. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I've got a new coaching program that I'm coming out with that's going to help people with their God-sized dream. I've been percolating on this for a year. I keep getting questions. Can you coach me? Can you coach me? I'm not a, a fit pro. Um, I, what's next for me is, is um, I am doubling down in 2022 um, with how I can help people deeper with their faith with their health and nutrition, as well as even just what we just talked about today. I, I'll call it identity, but it's really about significance and legacy. How do we make sure that 2022 is about um, legacy and significance in one's life? And what's next for me is I'm sinking my teeth as we record this literally on all my recordings and the coaching program that will come here in early Q1 of 2022 of, uh, of being the best man, father, husband I could be. And I, one of the best ways I can tap into what God's gifts that, that he has given me is to give back to those who want to go deeper in their own lives. That's great. I love that. And there will be so much impact that comes from that time spent. So I, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your time today. I'm grateful of the podcast I've listened to yours, uh, two of yours that have fueled me during my workouts, fueled me on this journey post football where I'm just trying to make my what's next in life my best yet. So I can't thank you enough, brother. Check out his show, uh, his podcast, the Todd Durkin Impact Show. Check out his books and follow him on social media. You're at Todd Durkin, I believe. That's correct. Yep. At Todd Durkin, Instagram. Yep. Yep. Follow along with him. He will help you to get to that next level in your life. Todd, I can't thank you enough, brother. Eric, keep up the great work, man. Thank you for having me on today. And uh, God bless you for 2022, man. Yep. You too, brother. Thank you. This episode is also brought to you by Punched Energy Chews, and these have become a favorite product of mine for energy and fitness. They use a patented formula with tons of scientific studies, and they start with pure green Arabica coffee bean caffeine. It improves your physical and mental performance, increases your metabolism, helps burn calories and body fat, and they also help boost your immunity, which is very important at this time because they're a great source of vitamin C. They're also ultra low glycemic, no spikes, no bounces, and no crashes. What you're going to do is go to punchedenergy.com, use code ERICWOOD20 for 20% off. Give them a try. Link in the show notes.